The following program contains adult language and subject matter. Viewer discretion advised. This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Average Joe Show, episode number 95. Make sure you head over to our website, Average Joe, yeah, Average Joe Show. Hello, AverageJoeShow.com. That's where you can find links to everything we talk about this week. Also, you can vote for your favorite story of the week. Email us at feedback at sayitproductions.com and follow us on Twitter at sayitprods, P-R-O-D-S, and leave us a voicemail, 813-915-6390. And if you do use iTunes, head on over there, rate and review the show, let us know what you think. And of course, we're here live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at sayitproductions.com. Just click on the live button. I'm Corey Shrett, and joining me as always is Ward Miller. Ward, what's going on? Hey, Corey. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, is, is everybody sobered up from last week? Anybody that played the I drinking this, game last week should have been trucked. That if you did not catch last week's episode, you have to go back and check out episode ninety four. It was a special episode for all you guys. Yeah, especially for all our friends who drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, even if you're just drinking water, you got to be bloated after that. Yeah, you you definitely need some pampering or something like that to get the excess water off you because we, we poured it on thick last week. Well, I, like I said, you're the one who started it. You had four stories that looked beautiful, and I just had to find two more to match it, and we'd have eight beautiful stories to make people drunk. Yeah, and it was it was actually too easy. Uh, this, We're gonna have to do that again with something yeah, else. Yeah, well, we got pretty close this week, but I don't want to give I don't want to tip the hand, so we we won't say nothing. But I, I, no, but we'll, I think we need to start off with the first story about boy, the most beautiful woman in the world, the love of my life, and this is one story Ward submitted for it. <laughs> Yeah, of course I submitted it because we talked about it at the end of last week's show, and uh, you know Corey's so fixated on on the Octo Mom, and mm-hmm. apparently her fertility doctor has had his license revoked. It's about fucking time. Yeah, I mean, what she had the kid what two years ago? The kid's two years he, ago, right? They were born in January two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. So it, it took them two years to go, you know what, maybe you were kind of fucked up and you, you gave, you know, fertility drugs to a woman who's mentally unbalanced to start with. You know, now she has 14 kids. But uh, let, let's just get into the story. The State Medical Board of California has revoked the license of the fertility doctor who helped Octomom Nadia Solman. Uh, become the mother of 14 children through repeated in vitro treatments. According to a decision made public Wednesday, the medical board of California said it was necessary to revoke Dr. Michael, uh, God, Smith, (laughs) Michael Smith's (laughs) license to protect the public. The revocation takes effect July 1st. What kind of bullshit is that? It's if like, they take you, my driver's license for a DUI, they take my driver's license that day. You know, I show up in court and they say, okay, you were DUI, you lose your license for six months, whatever, turn it over. They don't say, well, you lose your license for six months and we'll take it in uh, in a month from now or so. You know, so that doesn't make sense. But, it, you know, the, the fact that they acted at all, I, I'm going to give them kudos and... Uh, yeah, two years yeah, later. Two years later, a little hand. But the, all that means is he's got a month to to really jack somebody up and give them like give them a, a litter of puppies too. Um, maybe that's what he could do. Is his future practice could be going and doing in vitro shit on puppies and dogs and cats or I don't know. I think he's, he's kind think of an old looking prick, so he's probably done. Oh yeah, he looks like a prick. All right. I think what he needs to do is he needs just to stop fucking doing anything and call it a day. Yeah, t- take the money you you beat out of these these poor people and move along. You know, it, what sucks is there's so many people out there that, you know, would kill to have a kid. 
you know, just one, you know, and, and they just aren't physically capable for whatever reason to have a kid and they, you know, they're, they're dying for it. Then you got these re these oh, idiots like the yes. Osco mom who come out and they have to have, you know, they have 14 kids, no way to support them, you know, other than, you know, <laughs> weird fetish movies. But <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and it must be getting close to the time that, uh, She's running out of money or something, because that's usually what happens. Her money starts to, to dwindle, and then she gets back in the news again, and then she'll go off. Uh, speaking of doctors, real quick, did you did you see the, the breaking news today that uh, Doctor Death. Death died? Yes, I did. I would have. I wanted to put that in the show notes, but it was like one of them things where it came too late, and the notes were already done. But you know. Maybe, you know, it sucks because if this guy would have met, you know, Kevorkian, maybe the Octo mom doesn't have 14 kids, but neither in any case. <laughs> You're right. It, you know what this means, though? I mean, this story just came out on Wednesday, June 1st. This means that Octomom is going to be in the news again because they're going to ask her about this. Oh, yeah. Well, she would, she should have had to testify. You know, I mean, seeing as that was the case that that pushed it over the edge to, you know, made them decide, oh, maybe this guy really is kind of messed up and he really needs to give up his license, you know. On July 1st, no less. Yeah, on July 1st. We're, we're not going to make him give his license up immediately. We're going to give him, you know, a, a month or so to, you know, just hang on to it. And then, you know, we'll, he can surrender his license in a month. So any, anybody that's currently a patient, run. Run screaming into the night. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the next story because we could spend all night on this one. But this, I've got to love this Florida story about a 21-year-old woman, girl, I should really say. Uh, her name, Brittany Wagner. She was driving without her glasses uh, when she struck a pedestrian on the side of the road. But it wasn't until she was pulled over by a cop for leaving the scene of an accident that she realized the victim was her own father. She initially thought she hit an animal or a garbage can while driving on the street around 1 a.m. But when her passenger said that a person was actually struck, she arrived at an unfortunate realization. Oh, my God, I hit my dad. <laughs> Check her mugshot out, Average Joe Show. She's smiling like, yeah, I hit that asshole. You know, how did she do it and not be drunk? Okay, because if you look, she hit him with the driver. It looks like the driver's side mirror of the right. car. So he had to be close enough to hit, and then she would have had to have been on the opposite side of the street, right? Mathematically, unless he was walking, unless he was walking across. But it doesn't say that. It says all, all it she, says is she hit him. But looking at the picture and saying, yeah. "Okay, that's the driver's side mirror." How does she hit him on the driver's side mirror if he's on the sidewalk without being on the wrong side of the road? True. It would be impossible. Yeah. And, and you know she hit somebody because she thought it was an animal or a garbage can. Bullshit, because she didn't have her glasses on, and her driver's license probably says that she needs to wear them. And even if even if you hit an animal or a garbage can, you stop. And if you hit an animal or a garbage can that high up, there's something fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, what are you going to hit that that's that high? Maybe a deer. Yeah, if, if it was a deer, you would know You know, because you're not going to hit a dog at window level. Well, maybe like a mastiff or something that's, you know, horse-like. But you're not going <laughs> to hit, you know, you're not going to hit the, the run-of-the-mill, you know, dog walking the street. And I'll bet you she was loaded. Well, the thing here is if you read, if you read the rest of the story, according to her fiancé, she was serving as a designated driver for a friend who was intoxicated. So you know she had one or two drinks, too. She's a 21-year-old girl. Come on. Yeah, she was at 1 a.m. She's, you know, at least buzzed. It doesn't say that they, you know, gave her a DUI test or anything. So, which, which you think they probably did, and she probably didn't blow anything. So it's not in the story. That's yeah, possible. Or maybe she I can't see them something not. and it didn't get charged. True. I mean, it, you know, it's rim way. shot. Hey, 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 no, none of that sex talk here. That's a rim job. It's a little something different, but whatever. <laughs> I knew I'm gonna have to get a rim shot now. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fucked up. 
Just totally fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bad enough that she hit and ran, but then she hit and ran on her own father. So, you know, the, you're going to end up with uh, all kinds of insurance claims because his health insurance is going to say, well, I'm not going to pay it because it's a result of an accident. The insurance should pay it. And it's his insurance going, your daughter was driving, so you can't sue yourself. You can't. He couldn't even sue his own insurance policy, so how's that going to work? He, the, the, the only way it could potentially work would be he would have to press charges against her in order for her, for his insurance to pay up, right? Right. Well, this just tells you it's 1 a.m. You shouldn't be walking around the streets anyway. I mean, it says he, he walks that street where he goes to the to billiards hall where he shoots pool. You shouldn't be walking that late at night. No, people should be driving in the, you know, correctly. <laughs> you know, you can't fault anybody for walking the street. You know, if he walked down to the billiard place, he has a couple drinks. He's walking home trying to be the good Samaritan, you know, not, not drinking and driving, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and his daughter's all liquored up and the boom. <laughs> 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 he brought her in this world. She's going to take him out. Yeah. Speaking of DUIs, uh, you got a story for us. Yeah, this is awesome. And and, and I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, the, the Stanley Cup finals have started. And to be honest with you, I really don't care who wins. Um, oh, that's because your team's not yeah, in Yeah, the Pens aren't in it. You know, Boston's won it a couple times. Whatever. Anyway, but the, the story is uh, Marin Man. And Marin is in San Francisco. Uh, he hit the DUI hat trick. Three arrests for DUI in three days. Timothy James <laughs> McGowan of Mill Valley picked up three DUIs in three day, in three days in three cities. Authorities say. On May 18th, McGowan, who is 50, tried to enter a closed bank and drove off while drunk in San Rafael, police say. On May 19th, he was arrested for drunken driving in San Francisco. On May 20th, he got busted in Novato after he was spotted staggering near his Volkswagen Beetle, asking a woman for a ride to Burger King, then getting into his car and making a wide right turn in front of police, authorities say. <laughs> a blood test shows that his alcohol level in the Novato incident was more than 0.15%, uh, nearly twice the legal limit of 0.08, said Deputy District Attorney Kevin O'Hara. See, that's a beautiful name, Kevin O'Hara. Uh, on Friday, McGowan pled not guilty in Marion County cases, and he's being held in lieu of a $50,000 bond. If convicted, McGowan could face two years in jail. McGowan has previous convictions for DUI, petty theft, resisting arrest, drug possession, and he was also arrested four times on suspicion of public intoxication in Mill Valley from January to April. Jesus Christ. That's just crazy. That's all in one year, all in this calendar year. No, that's all in one week. Oh yeah, this yeah these three are in one week, but he was also pu- suspicion of public intoxication from January to April, also on top of it. So in the last five five full months, he was picked up four least, times, uh, four times four t- previous to the three times in May. So seven time ta- seven alcohol related incidents since January one. That's beautiful. How the hell do you get to DUI three time three days in a row? You know, you'd figure after the first DUI, you go, you go, hey, you know what? I, maybe I, I shouldn't drink today. But, you know, I, I, I got, you know, the, the laws on me. You know, I'm going to end up having to go to court. Nah, fuck it. Let's look, get liquored up. Oh, shit. I got to go somewhere. <laughs> look at the time. I got to go. <laughs> Jesus. You had to go to Burger King that last yeah. time. I love that. Hey, <laughs> lady, can you give me a ride to Burger King? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine why he'd, you know. You really got to be fucked up to go to Burger King, you know, just, just saying. <laughs> it's just fucked up. I mean, I mean, it doesn't say that he didn't have his license revoked in any of these. No, but he can go to, no, I, I, I kind of agree that he should go to do some jail time. 
you know, um, just for the simple fact that he got, he's been arrested, you know, seven times in the last, you know, six months and, mm-hmm. you know, three times in the same week, you know, he's got a problem, maybe, you know, sending him to jail and, and forcing him to detox would be a good thing. Um, I, that, that's the only thing I can say about it. I, I it, it's a shame, but you know, some people can't handle their booze and, you know, and then they, they get into the state that this guy's in where he's just, you know, drinking every day. And maybe that's the, the best thing for him is to, to end up in jail for a couple of months. Well, we got to be thankful. At least he didn't hurt or kill anybody. Exactly. He, you know, it could have been like the, the chick in the story before. And yeah. He could have, you know, killed somebody. Well, if it wasn't Florida, he probably would have killed like a bunch of people in a row. Exactly. I don't know about you, but um, I want to take some field trips in eighth grade again. I, our field trips were never that fun. Were yours? No. This one here is the best. You got to hear this. Berwick, Pennsylvania. This is uh, your home state here. Yes, it is. Uh, for one group of central Pennsylvania eighth graders, a recent field trip to Baltimore included a lunch at Hooters. Of course, if you don't know who Hooters is, uh, then you should just shut off the show right now. Uh, they were visiting the National Aquarium Museum, and chaperones took them to various restaurants for lunch because the group of 100 people obviously is too large for one place. I love the the explanation of Hooters, though. Did you... A restaurant better known for its busty waitresses than its food. Exactly. What, what, do you get, so, what do you get when you go to Hooters? Hot dogs. Anyway, go on. Uh, they said one of the groups, uh, 15 to 20 students, ended up at Hooters. Superintendent of the school says that he wishes this the group's co-ed chaperones had chosen another restaurant. He had not received any complaints from parents. Hooters spokesperson says the restaurant chain often hosts groups, including sports teams and church organizations with teens and younger children. Yeah. I don't see why the, you know, why this is even that big a story. It's a, it's a restaurant. It's not a strip club that everybody wears clothes. It's not a, you know, even like a, you know, topless after dark thing or anything like that. It's, no, it's, just it's a women, restaurant. Women with tie, shirt, yeah. tie shirts and big tits. And, and I can't fault them for that. I, no, I can't. And it's fact, not I, like I it's anything. Them. God bless them for, for, for having the, the uh, intestinal fortitude to show up at work in your very tight T-shirt and short shorts. God bless you, one and all. You know what? You, you go there, you look at it, but it's just like, who cares? It's, it's just a restaurant. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a non-story. You know, it's one of them things it, it, in, in Berwick where they're going, oh, you know what? And, you know, because Berwick's, you know, middle of the state that that's predominantly there's a lot of Amish out there. So uh-huh. Hooters for, a, you know, an Amish family would be fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do at school today, Jebediah? I went to Hooters. Well, they, 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 you know, they went to the aquarium to learn about fish and they also learned biology, too, at the same time. Exactly. Fishing boats. It, it's a it's a nine story, but I, I I just love the fact that they went to Hooters, and obviously the story was posted, and you and you know the superintendent and the principal of the school probably sent letters home to say FYI, yeah, bunch of students went to Hooters just to let you know because we don't want you to come back yelling at us. I'm sure that they, you know, uh, when you go on a field trip, you know, it pretty much, you know, especially in this day and age, it has to just you know say exactly what you're doing. You know, it's like, it, it's not just like an open, you know, blank check, you know, right. uh, we're going to take the kids on a field trip. Uh, we're going to be gone for the entire day. We're going to leave at 7 a.m. and we will return at 4 p.m. Most parents are going to go and you're going to do what in that period of time, you know? But, but, but the permission slip probably says that they're going to go out to lunch at a restaurant and that's it. Uh, yeah, it's very possible. I mean, and I, what I don't understand is why they would drive all the way to Baltimore, you know, to, well, cause they went to the national aquarium. Okay. That makes sense then. Still whoopty fucking, you're going to go look at fish in a different state. I wouldn't, I, I don't like fish that much in the first place, but <laughs> they looked at fish and then they went to Hooters and looked at more fish. And, uh, they weren't looking at fish. They were smelling fish different. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit, different day. <laughs> Now they're smelling shit. They're they're sniffing something else. Yep. All right, let's move on. Oh, I love this story. This is a story about Russia from on BBC News here. Uh, I didn't think people actually did this. Apparently, a Russian man wanted himself buried alive. Uh, the actual guy who died actually 
dug the hole in a garden in the eastern side of uh, Smithville <clears throat> and climbed into an improvised co- coffin. He had holes near for air pipes and took a, a cell phone with him and a bottle of water. His friend covered the coffin with earth and then left. After the man was buried, he called to say he was fine. Next morning, the, the other guy returned to find him dead. 35-year-old victim, believed to be buried, buried himself alive for a night, would bring him luck for the rest of the life. According to his friend, the man wanted to test in his endurance and insistently asked his friend to help him spend the night buried. Uh, you know the victim was a computer programmer, and he, and he had a small child. So apparently the, the coffin was covered with soil to a depth of about 8 inches, and they speculated a heavy rainfall overnight blocked the air supply to the man, and he was trapped inside, obviously. A uh, superstitious victim probably was influenced by reading stories of self-burial on the Internet. A uh, bizarre trend, numerous Russian bloggers write of undergoing supervised self-burials uh, just to, for good luck. Last year, a guy in some other place in the region was persuaded his uh, his friend to bury him in the ground to help him overcome his fear, and he was found dead an hour and a half later because he was crushed by the weight of the earth. Well, I guess he just basically crawled into a hole and they filled it in, so that would explain that. Uh, you know, this well, this guy well, actually had a box around him to. Well, well, I've seen on MythBusters they actually did the buried alive myth, and they did put like eight feet of dirt on it. They never got to the eight-foot mark because the coffin was starting to cave in. Well, this said it was only eight inches. Well, the top one was, but the other guy that got buried by all the weight of it, he probably had oh, like yeah. two or three feet in the ground. Well, no, he wouldn't even have been that, that deep because that's when the box starts to collapse. At what point are you not able to breathe anymore? You know, That's true. The, I mean, you're, for your chest to heave, you've got to be able to move it a couple inches. And if you got that much weight that you can't move it a couple inches, you ain't breathing you know, and and the thing is, what the hell would possess you to believe that if you're buried alive, that's going to bring you any kind of fucking luck? You know, I mean, it, was, was there a guy who said, hey, you know what? How about bury me alive? And then the next day he comes out and he hits the fucking lottery or something. You know, what, what, what would what, how do you correlate the two? Well, you know, bury me alive so I can, you know. I, I can have a better sex life or whatever. Where do they get this this concept that being buried alive gets you better luck? Superstition. We all have some sort but of I've superstition. I've never heard of a superstition. You know, I've heard, you know, throw salt over your shoulder and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I've never heard, hey, you want really good luck? Bury yourself alive. I love this. So would this be like a suicide because he killed himself? Uh... You know, I mean, I wouldn't obviously charge his friend with anything. I'd charge his friend with being friends with an idiot. Yeah, that's right. Slap him in the face. Yeah, the, 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 you're stupid. This is what's wrong with you. You're you're too dumb to have friends. Now you're going to have to go without friends and, you know. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I thought it was just funny. It's like, bury me alive, I'll, I'll get good luck. Yeah, good luck if you live. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's like lately more and more people are doing more and more stupid crap. You know, um, for for example, this, this next story, there was a California woman who was spotted pushing a trash can of human body parts down the street. And guess what? They arrested her for homicide. What the hell else are you going to arrest her for? She's pushing a trash can of human body parts down the street. Uh Let's talk about this. Uh, a California yeah. woman was caught wheeling a trash can full of body parts and was arrested Monday on charges of homicide. Carmen Montenegro, 51, of San Bernardino, California, was spotted at the Merkab. Well, excuse me, was spotted with the Merkab container around 2:30 in the afternoon and nabbed by police who were tipped off to her b- bizarre activities. Officers stopped her, leaving the location, and found in the trash can we found human remains, Detective Jeff Crittenden told uh, KTLA-TV. The contents of the trash can are being investigated by the coroner's office, but police believe it's a homicide and that there is only one body. They are still working to clarify the connection between the woman and the remains uh, and the identity of the victim. Crittenden told reporters he didn't have much information on Montenegro, but said she is a relative of the hometown of the homeowner 
whose house she was spotted wheeling the body part or the body away from. One neighborhood resident's daughter told uh, KTLA TV reporter that she is Montenegro's cousin, and the woman came home to help her disposing of the body. Other residents said Montenegro's mother lives in the home and that Montenegro herself lived there sporadically over a decade. The body is believed to have been dug up from the yard of the house where Montenegro was first spotted, according to police. So, let's do a little little, uh, average Joe show math here. This crazy bitch Mm -hmm. comes to the house, gets a trash can, digs up a dead body, throws it into the trash can, and she's, I guess, hauling it away. I I, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's, I want to know what body is this? Why was it buried? Who buried it? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, you'd think that somebody, you know, if she's been in and out for the last 10 years that somebody that lives on that street or, you know, a neighbor or something would know who, you know, who she is and would probably know who the body is. They would have probably said, you know, Jimmy Joe hasn't come been around in a, in quite some time. We don't know what happened to him. He just up and disappeared. And then the next thing you know, here he is. But yeah, my, my question is why, why dig up the body now? I don't know. Maybe maybe the voices were telling her to. I don't know. You know, or maybe maybe the smell was getting bad. May yeah, but you'd think okay, the smell's getting bad. Either dig a deeper hole, or buy a bag of lime. You don't <laughs> you don't dig it up and start moving it. That's true. <laughs> I learned that from the Sopranos. You, you never move the body. It's well. She doesn't look like the bird has bulb in the pack. The fact that she's you know pushing a trash can of human body parts down the street tells you something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it tells me number one that's creepy as hell that she's pushing. <laughs> the- well, f- well, if you saw somebody pushing a trash can down the street, and we're not talking like from one house to the next one, but we're, we're talking like you know down the street, that would look weird in the first place. Yes, absolutely. People just think they can get away with anything. All right, let's move on from West Coast over here to East Coast, a little little more local for me. Um, Gotta love this one. Oh, now we're going to start the rap wars again. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about garbage cans and TV stations. That's our rap war. Uh, The Bronx resident was arrested uh, last Friday for threatening to blow up a local TV station over the reruns of the CBS sitcom Two and a Half Men. Uh, Frank Caldwell called WPIX 11 on May 11th and the 23rd with threats to blow up the station's headquarters if it kept airing syndicated reruns of the show. Of course, the police were not really challenged with this. They traced the calls back to his house. Uh, according to the paper, he was charged with falsely reporting an incident and aggravated harassment. It's not known at this time what specifically about the reruns prompted him to threaten the station. Wait a second, wait a second, uh, wait a second. Blah, blah, blah. How was he charged with falsely reporting an incident and aggra- okay, I can understand aggravated harassment. He's calling the the you know TV station going, "Hey, quit playing them reruns or I'm blowing this shit up." Well, he didn't blow it up. That's falsely calling it. Well, okay. Fine. Uh, I mean, I would have charged him with like terroristic threats, not You would think you so. You know, something like that, especially in this day and age, it, you'd figure that it would be you know, terroristic threats or something to that effect. Um, but go on. I, I just had to interject the, the, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they didn't tell about talk about. Well, the funny thing is I do get channel 11 WPX channel 11 here. And guess what? They don't air the reruns anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that I used to be on at like 11 o'clock at night, unless they moved it to another time. It's not there anymore. Well, here in Pittsburgh, um, it's on at, Six o'clock, six thirty is my name is Earl. Seven o'clock is two and a half men, and seven thirty is Seinfeld, on this on right. one channel every night. Uh, so there's at least two episodes of two and a half men on every day. So, 
you know, and, and the thing is, it's a funny show. I, I, I think it's really funny. And uh, Oh, I do too. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see how they, they bring in Ashton Kutcher versus Charlie Sheen. You know, if, if he's, you know, apparently he can't play Charlie Sheen. You know, I, I really thought that they would have brought in somebody, you know, like Rob Lowe, who has really good uh, comedic timing and was living that same lifestyle. I mean, for Charlie Sheen to play Charlie Harper, the only thing he really had to do was remember that Harper was his name for the time being, you know, because yeah, that's I his mean, life. Yeah. And, and, you know, they got what they paid for, you know, they knew what they were getting when they got Charlie Sheen. Yeah. But then each year, you know, the, the show did better and did better and did better. It's the number one comedy on TV. And I think that's why CBS had such a hard time canceling it. But I don't know what you can do to, you know, because he was the, he was the heart of the show. Yeah, it didn't matter who else was on a show. He was the show. Exactly. I mean, so I don't know what Ashton Kutcher can be. You know, maybe if if I was Chuck Lorre. You know, because of all the stuff that the Charlie Sheen said about him, I'd have him die in the most horrific possible way. You know, he had, you know, explosive gonorrhea or something, you know, that only happens to like once in, in a gazillion, you know, people. He got gonorrhea and his, his, you know, his junk exploded and he died. Well, it's funny, speaking of this story, uh, over at us, the CBS headquarters or Warner Brothers Studios, wherever it is, over in in California, they today they just took down the actual two and a half men poster with Charlie Sheen on it and put up a generic um, poster of just the title title card. Hmm. That, so they finally, you know, finally got rid of him on the show. Well, you know, that was the thing they had to put out a cease and desist on him because he was going around at his, you know, torpedoes of truth tour. Or whatever the hell it was called, I don't know. Yeah, but he when he was going and doing his warlock tour, and uh, CBS had to give him a cease and desist because he was going out on stage and telling everybody that his uh, agent and his lawyers were in negotiations with CBS that he was coming back on Two and a Half Men, and they finally put out a cease and desist and said we are not asking him to come back ever. There is no, you know, these. Uh, these negotiations are, you know, apparently only in his head. They're not really happening at all. So, yeah, quit I mean, saying I they think are. This is, I think I think basically this is gonna be the last season of the show. I think the ratings are gonna be huge the first few weeks because people are gonna be curious about it, and then it's just gonna fade away. Yeah, but I I had read somewhere that uh, Ashton Kutcher's contract's only a year long, and well, they don't know how good it's gonna be either. Yeah. I mean, but he's not making as much money as Charlie Sheen was either. He shouldn't. No, I don't think he should. I, I mean, especially seeing as, you know, I think John Cryer should make that kind of money because he's been with the show since it started, since the inception. He, he's very funny. I mean, he, he's an integral part of the show. He should be making, you know, the same kind of money that Charlie Sheen was making. And, and I think he was actually, uh, there are times that he's actually funnier than Charlie Sheen, but... Yeah, and you know he's probably pissed off when Charlie went crazy. He's like, "Fuck, there goes the show." Yeah, well, there goes my paycheck. And the thing is, the the kid that plays Jake, he he makes a ton of cash too. Two hundred fifty thousand episode. Yeah, so he makes a million bucks every four episodes. That's tragic. Can't complain. Yeah, and he's not even eighteen yet. Fuck. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next story before we get ourselves depressed here. Uh, gotta love Nazis. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we, uh, we, we're, we got the trifecta going. You know, we're working pretty good this well, we week. Got, we have Octomom, we had a, whole, uh, a Florida story, and now a Nazi story. Well, apparently back in during World War II, Nazis wanted to turn dogs into um, super soldiers, dogs that could talk. According to Time Magazine, an Airedale Terrier named Rolf became a mythical figure of the project after teachers said he could spell by tapping his paw on the board. The number of taps represented the various letters of the alphabet. With that skill in hand, he mused on religion, learned foreign languages, and even asked a noblewoman, can you wag your tail? 
Perhaps most outlandish is the claim by his German masters that he asked to serve in the German army because he disliked the French. Who doesn't? <laughs> Another mutt barked Mein Fuhrer when asked to describe Hitler. And Don, a German pointer, is said to have imitated the human voice to bark hungry, give me cakes, in German. Hmm. This, doesn't, this sounds crazy, but it sounds like something the Germans were doing during World War II. Uh, now, here's the thing, though. It, was it actually something that they were doing was a propaganda? You know, because they were real big on propaganda stuff also. So if they were to come out and say, you know what, we bred a dog that's smarter than every other dog on the planet. It can read. It can speak. It can, you know, it can do all this stuff. Now, what are the chances that, you know, the the dog was, you know, that, that the dog actually could, you know, talk? I don't believe that. I mean, I, I think that it was it was probably a propaganda thing where they were just like, we're better than ever. You know, that's a, the Germans' uh, initial proposition is we're better than everybody else. So of course our dogs can talk and and do arithmetic and you know trigonometry. Hell, they're better than I am. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I. I that's my thinking. I mean, what do you think? You, you think it's possible that they had- I, I think they were trying. I don't think I don't think they actually did anything. You're right though. I didn't think of the propaganda side. You're probably right. It's probably propaganda, but I bet you anything that they were trying to have their dogs do this stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it I, I honestly think that, you know, they'd say, "Okay, uh <laughs> Rasputin, what uh you know, what's 1 plus 1?" And the dog's like, See, he said two, you know, right. or he comes up to the board and he starts tapping stuff and, and, and they're taking notes, you know, kind of like Morse code. And they say, oh, he says, mein Fuhrer is the greatest. What do you think about yeah, that, he, Adolf? It could have been that or they could have trained the dog to tap and, you know, like, like, like with the horses that can count, you know, the, the person, the trainer does certain hand signals or whatever. And he probably could just make the dog keep tapping, and when they change their hand signal to something else, they'd stop. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's uh, you know it, it's a propaganda. I, I think it would have been a propaganda tool, in addition to a you know look how smart we are. We were able to create you know these you know the the superior race of dogs as well as of man. You know, I just I just like the story because I had Nazis. Yeah, and I, I knew that as soon as I seen the title, I said, "Well, we're going to be talking about that one." You know it pops up. All right, let's move on to our our penis stories of the week. Ward's got some penis stories for yes. us. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit before the show started, and uh, the congressman of the great state of New York, uh, Congressman Anthony Weiner, he got busted uh, not being able to apparently work Twitter correctly. Um, so. Uh, Republican Wiener is embroiled in a strange scandal over the alleged transmission of a picture, which is his junk, on his Twitter account. Wiener is hinting that his account may have been hacked as a prank. Now, here's the problem with that part of the story. Anytime that you consider yourself that you think that you've been hacked and you turn that into the... um, into the police, the FBI has to be notified because hacking, it doesn't matter who it is. If I were to hack Corey's machine, that that's a felony and that would warrant an investigation by the FBI. So if, if Congressman Wieners, I just love saying the name. <laughs> that is funny. It, it, not yeah. Lying. It's Congressman Wiener who got busted sending pictures of his, well, Wiener. Anyway, um, you know, for him to come out and say that I've been hacked and da da da, da and, and it's like, okay, well, has the FBI been notified? Well, no, no, not really. Well, you know, w- w- what have you done? Well, really, nothing. It, it was kind of a prank, you know. And now he's he's actually since this is this story has been submitted, he's actually come out and refined the story and said that it might be a picture of his junk. He's not sure, but it might be. Now, prior to this, he was, you know, sending twit or tweets out on uh, a hockey game that he was watching. And then it went from that to, you know, a Y frog picture of his junk to the entire internet. And, you know, of course, geeks, 
start, you know, as soon as I seen it was a picture of somebody's junk coming from Anthony Weiner, they start taking, you know, screenshots and grabs and whatnot. And the, you know, geek community is one to come out really quick when he said, well, I think I was hacked. They said, no, you weren't, you know, here's your IP address. And you know, the, the geeks credo is logs don't lie. So they were able to come up with all these logs like instantly and say, no, that didn't happen. So he's like, oh shit, because here's the gig. Two weeks ago, there was a, uh, 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 an emergency vote in, in, uh, New York to fill a seat because the guy that was in the seat had to step down because he had posted online pictures of his bare chest. It was a guy, but he had posted pictures of his bare chest and they came, they came down on and said, well, you can either step down or we're going to, you know, step you down. And he, okay, I'm done. So they had to have a interim election in the same state. Now wieners busted, sending pictures of his wiener. So what, what are you going to do? He's going to fight it all away, even though we know it's him. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no way that he can get around it. It's just, well, first of all, I mean, you know, he wants to show off to some, some young hottie. We assume, hey, look at we my assume, junk. we assume it could have been a, a young hottie male, you know, you never know. Could have been a guy. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But, but, um, yeah, we were just talking on talk duo. Me and Erica were talking. She had a story about a Canadian politician who had tweeted a picture of his penis, you know, all out on, on Twitter. And we were saying, and this makes sense. If you're going to send someone a picture of your junk, send it through email. You know, there's less chance of you accidentally sending it to the entire world. Yeah. Unless you hit some kind of crazy <laughs> reply all. To the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot easier to send it to one person instead of through email as compared to sending a direct message through Twitter. Well, here's the downside to that. Now, if I send you an email, it stamps it with my IP address that it came from me, you know, and, and it, it's called the, he the headers. All right. Right. So now think about this. He sends it to this girl. This girl gets pissed. Now she has concrete evidence that Wiener sent her something that there's absolutely no way he can get around. You know, it's like it, this came from his, you know, his email account on his computer at this date, you know, from this IP address. And all that stuff's, you know, verifiable. So from that aspect of it, he'd have absolutely no way out of it. This way he can say, well, I was hacked and somebody, you know, logged in as me or whatever you have plausible deniability you send an email you have absolutely no deniability but at the same time you if you really trust this person and you feel that this person isn't going to blackmail you later email would be a better way to go yeah because we don't know what was going on between these two not at all you know i mean something could have been going on for a while and that's what i'm thinking i can't just see you randomly sending a picture of of your junk in your underwear to some, some woman just because. Nah, but <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. All right, let's move on to our last penis story of the night. And of course, Ward's got this one too. Yeah, this is, this is probably my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite story of the night. So go, go out to the, to the website and vote for this one. A man was arrested for selling Obama condoms. <laughs> and what's funny is it says the ultimate stimulus package. Obamacondoms.com. Uh, New York, uh, New York police arrested a man for the third time selling condoms bearing President Obama's image, despite a court ruling in his favor. That should be against him, right? Anyway, Jose Andalar, Andahar, Jose Andahar, 43, was uh, arrested Friday in Times Square for selling the Obama condoms. And police said it was his third arrest for unlicensed peddling in the last year. The New York Post reported Tuesday, a state Supreme Court previously ruled Andahar does, does not need a vending license to sell the condoms. Uh, and his products are protected under the First Amendment right to free speech. 
However, police say Andahar will continue to be the subject of arrest pending the outcome of the city's appeal. Andahar uses politically themed slogans to sell his wares, including uh, it's the election erection for your protection and it's the ultimate stimulus package for hard times. So you're saying that I can go to New York and I could sell anything I want as long as I slap on like Obama's face. Currently, you cannot. That, that's what they're saying, that they're going to pick him up and arrest. They're going to continue to arrest him, even though the Supreme Court ruled that he's legally allowed to do that. Uh, the, the, the city of New York is going to continue to arrest him until the you know the appeal goes through and then he he's going to end up getting reimbursed for all his money and whatnot so he's going to keep doing it i just i just don't understand how you don't need a vending license to sell it because it's protected under the first amendment right to free speech uh i don't i don't get i don't i don't grasp the concept by just because it's got obama's face on just because it's politically related no because there is a uh there was a statute that came out uh for uh it was actually first amendment that protected uh satire right and if it's if he's selling it as satire they can't do anything to him because that, that, that satire is protected under free speech. But you still think you would need a license to sell it, period. Yeah, you'd think you'd need a, some kind of a vendor's license. I don't understand. You know, may, it doesn't say – see, that's another thing. It doesn't say whether – no, it says unlicensed peddling. Unless he has a license to, to be a vendor, but because he's selling this, you know, Obama-branded stuff – you know, that it could potentially be bad. Because it says a state Supreme Court previously ruled that he does not need a vending license to sell the condoms because they're protected under the First Amendment right to free speech. Yeah. I, I don't see. I mean, so if he sold normal condoms, he would need a vending license. But because Obama's mug is on there, he doesn't need a license. I, I guess. So, so think about it. So, so could you imagine like every vendor in in New York City didn't buy a license and they just threw Obama stickers on everything and called it political whatever? Political satire. Yeah. Oh, it's political satire. Oh, yeah. This digital watch that's two thousand dollars. It's political satire because it's got an Obama sticker on the box. I think that you know that that there would be a you know I'm sure that somewhere there's some type of definition as to what satire is, you know, and isn't. Yeah, but you're still yeah, I know, but you're still selling things. That's the thing. No, I, I agree. I know. It just but I do I do love the fact that these Obama condoms got to I we're going to have to go to the website obamacondoms.com to see see if they show any more pictures or not. Yeah, I like the it's the election erection for your protection. You just like saying uh-huh. that. The ultimate stimulus package for hard times. That's First beautiful. of all, First of all, if you're going to buy these, I sure as hell wouldn't want to wear one of these. You give them away as a joke. Yeah, 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 you got to. Hey, honey, let's get hot and heavy. Hold on, let me get my Obama condom out. Well, you know, if it was actually an Obama condom, it, it really wouldn't work. And Oh, <laughs> th- did I say that out loud? Oh, Obama condom now comes with teleprompter. Yeah. Well, oh, this is so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I went to ObamaCondoms.com, and they have the Obama collection, which says, uh, use with good judgment. Hope is not a form of protection and the ultimate stimulus package. Then they're – oh, they only show the one. What's up with that? That's that's wrong. One, Eric in the chat room saying one condom costs $5. Yeah. It's yeah, like you said, it's not for actual use. It's for you know gag gifts. Yeah, and- ten ten and thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like a gag gift, but I don't know. I even mean, even in a recession, you still need protection. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching because they have a little like flash thing, and and, and yeah. they keep flashing up, you know, for hard times. Oh, uh, Erica's saying they have Palin and McCain condoms too. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not sure that a 
that a McCain condom would really do anything for me. Um, <laughs> would an Obama condom do something for you? No. Oh, here's the Hard Times collection. Oh, it's the same thing. That's bullshit. Oh, but you could buy a package, one set for uh, for twelve. Okay, we're getting a little off tangent oh, here, but yeah. The, so the McCain one is old but not expired. Oh my god! And the and the Palin one is when abortion is not an option. Oh Jesus Christ! That's just. <laughs> That's bad. All right, make sure you check out everything we talk about at AverageJoeShow.com. we got to wrap up the show before we get yeah, before, too crazy. Before, before we have the cops knocking on our door going, is this satire? First right amendment speech. First right, first right. All right. Uh, okay, I want to thank Ward Miller for being here tonight. Of course, Ward, where can we find you online? You can always find me at uh, SteelCityResistance.blogspot.com. I do with my man Hutch. And uh, that's pretty much it for right now. I'm kind of laid back and... Uh, Taking taking it easy for a little bit. We're nothing wrong. Yeah, with we're that. gonna be fire, getting Max and Life fired up here again pretty soon. I just and just hope I can pull out. Um, sorry, that just I got to turn this site off. Uh, it, it, you need to go jerk off after the show. Not not to Obama con. I'm sorry. I, I I don't swing that way. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's that's not a me thing. <laughs> I don't masturbate to Democrats. Exactly. <laughs> if you guys want to be a guest no, host on the show, head over. To, you know, I'd rub one out to her. But I'd rub one out to McCain over over Obama any day. Well, I I'm sorry. You know, once again, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not my cup of tea. Okie doke. All right, I only I only rub it out to Americans. <laughs> there you go. Okay, if you guys want to be a guest host on the show, head over to averagedoshow.com slash guest. We need to get some people on here. Uh, I'm still poking and prodding people. Oh, God, more sex comments. Damn it. Wait. Just go over I, I left it alone It was because it was just way too easy. Oh, <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> shoot us an email, feedback at sayproductions.com or our voicemail, 813-915-6390. And, of course, the website is averagejoshow.com. Links to everything we talk about. Listen to the episode right on the website. Subscribe to RSS, Zune, or iTunes. Use iTunes. Go rate and review the show over there. Let us know what you think. Make sure while you're at the website, vote for your favorite story of the week so we can do a best of at the end of the year with our the top most selected stories. And of course, catch us here live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at SayProductions.com. Just click on the live button. While you're there, click on the donate button to see how you can help us out. It's not just money that helps out the show. So go check that out, the donate button. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this week's episode, spending a little bit of your bandwidth with us, and until next time, have a good one. Bow, 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 bow,